Welcome to Day 56 of the New Way. Let's read Matthew 8, 14 through 17. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word, and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. In this one event in Jesus' life, we uncover an interesting fact. Some of the disciples were married men. Do you think their wives traveled with them? Probably. There was a large group of disciples that followed Jesus. Some scholars say that it may have been around a hundred people that spent most of the three years with him. I don't know whether that number included the wives and children, but probably not. But I do believe that at least some of the wives and children traveled with him. Matthew reminds us that it was prophesied that the Messiah would do a lot of healing and caring for people. Remember that that was one of Matthew's major reasons for writing this book, to show that Jesus fulfilled the Messianic prophecies. Let's read Mark's account of this same event. Mark 1, 29 through 34. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Remember that Simon is also called Simon Peter, or just plain Peter, but it is all the same man. When you read scripture, it's important to know what happened before and after what you are reading. That is called reading in context. In other words, figure out what the big picture is before you try to figure out the tiny details. By studying the Bible in chronological order, like this study does, you can easily see the context. But be aware that if you just read a single verse, you could misunderstand the meaning. Taking scripture out of context means that you interpret it all by itself without considering the surroundings, and it leads to trouble. Okay, so the context here is that Jesus and his disciples went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Then they left the synagogue and went to Peter and Andrew's home. 
Now that explains why the people did not show up to see Jesus until after sundown, because it was the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, the people were not allowed to travel or to carry anything heavy because of Sabbath laws. Now Sabbath day was from Friday at sundown until Saturday at sundown. So that explains why just as soon as it was sundown, or not Sabbath, the people all swarmed Peter and Andrew's house to find Jesus. I wonder how late into the night Jesus healed. Do you think he healed all night? Remember that with God's power, he could heal a whole city with a single word. But every example we've been given shows Jesus caring for each one individually. So I don't know for sure how long it took. Let's look at Luke's account of this same event. That's found in Luke 4, 38 through 41. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. Why do you think Jesus didn't want the evil spirits to talk? Jesus was holy, so I think he didn't want to be associated with anything evil. We would be wise to avoid evil also. Many followers of Jesus today are criticized for avoiding evil, but Jesus did it, and it is wise. There are a lot of books, movies, magazines, video games, etc. that I don't want in my house, not because I am afraid of them, but because they are evil, and I don't want to be around evil. In 1 Thessalonians 5.22, we are commanded to reject every kind or form of evil. In the King James Bible translation, the verse is translated, abstain from all appearance of evil. That means that we should be careful that what we do doesn't even imply or make others think we might be doing evil. Wow! We are to live our lives as free and far from evil as possible. But you see, Jesus wasn't afraid of evil. He was dealing with it all the time. He just didn't want it associated with him. He didn't want other people to hear the evil spirits and think that they were on the same side. God will guide you in how to avoid evil while at the same time being able to love people who are evil. 
when you are obedient and following Jesus, you will find the right balance in his service. Dale.